If you look at our country right now, I've, I've never been more, uh, more challenged in my, my faith and my, you know, my hope and expectation about a country. We, we're in terrible, screwed up shape right now. But I do believe, going back to what you said earlier, because I believe the same thing. I believe if you can, if you can work on men and families, uh, you know, one at a time, at, at some point, then the tide can turn. And I think trying to affect our country from grassroots level down, you know, in the trenches where all of us live and all of us real people live, you know, let's let's improve the quality of life and show what, you know, loving your neighbor and enjoying your life, being a good husband, a good father and all these kind of things, what that looks like at the grassroots level. This is episode number 225 with Stephen Miller. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of American Snippets. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Uh, our guest today, this is the second time we've had Stephen Miller on the show. He is a five-time world record holder. He's moved away from the MMA and strongman competitions uh, to pursue his calling of guiding and inspiring men to be the best version of themselves. Uh, Stephen believes that a grassroots movement to strengthen men in their own lives will have a ripple effect to strengthen their families and this country. And in this episode, Stephen talks about his work to help men build themselves up to reach their full potential in all areas of life. He shares the seven values on which all of life is based and how to build on those values to reach your maximum potential. So without further ado, here is a Barbara Allen with Stephen Stealth Miller. You're listening to the American Snippets Podcast. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of American Snippets. Today, we are sitting here with, I always say this every week, but I mean it every week because we only have the best of the best on this show. It's just another awesome, cool, amazing person that we're so blessed to know and we would never have known were we not doing what we're doing and following this path of what we're what we're pursuing. So another lesson learned and an example here, Stephen Miller. He's a world record holder, MMA fighter. That's all another lifetime ago. It seems like that would be enough. You could just call that a win, settle down there and say, I've got all this stuff, but nope. He was really just getting warmed up with this world record holding MM fighting. He's been in shows like Ripley's Believe It or Not. I remember that show it was like weird. The, that guy was like, Ripley's Believe It or yes. Not. Yeah, like he always did that. Yeah, or not. That guy, I would have nightmares about that guy. He creeped me out. I was just fascinated, right? But probably some people listening have no idea what that show is, but you should check it out anyway. And now Steven has moved into a whole other path, including ministry. He goes into prisons. He works with people. He goes into churches and schools and he's on a mission. He's on a mandate mission. What, how did you mandate. put it, Steven? To rebuild and renovate men. And I know I can hear a lot of women like, yeah, do that. Right. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's nonsense. Um, so Steven, let's get into it. It's good to be with you, Barbara, and yeah. proud of you and, and uh, your team and all that you guys are doing. And you survived the, the pandemic and all of its dishing out so far. So, yeah, kudos. we took a little bit of a thrashing, man. We took a thrashing, but we are yeah, we still here. Did. 
Yes. Yeah, we all did, but here we are. We're, we're, <laughs> we're coming out the other side. And I may seem a little bit kooky today, but that's just because I just went through this whole swoosh cycle myself and I'm coming out the other side and I'm just not going to let the energy drop uh, for that. So that's where I'm at now. So that's what you get today, Stephen. Good. So look, you're doing a lot of really cool things in the moment, but let's do go back and touch on, we, we interviewed you about a year ago already, maybe over a year ago for American yeah. Snippets. So we yeah. won't get into that whole rehash again. We'll put the link to the whole first video because you really should listen yeah. to that, that interview as well. It's a whole evolution of, of your life story with so many lessons involved, but let's just touch on, on your professional resume, if you will, up until this point. Well, I mean, the first, you know, phase, uh, I, I, I was, I fought professionally in mixed martial arts. Um, I got too old to do that yeah, competitively, at least the sport, as far as the sport. So I retired from that and then decided to go on the world of strongman performance. So I, you know, upped my body weight considerably and, and went into that set, uh, uh, as you referred to five world records. Um, that still stand, by the way. Wow. Little, 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 little ego note. Yeah. There. <laughs> yeah. Give it, take it, bask in it, accept it. That's impressive. Yeah. And then now, um, you know, I, when my, when it became evident that my son was grabbing the baton and, uh, and running with it in the, the strongman world, I've retired from that. So now we spend all of our time writing, speaking and doing events that we, we call it, you know, developing these innovative and inspirational strategies to build complete men. Wow. That's, that's a bold mission there. The word complete, I think yeah. is an interesting word too. I met you at an event called greater that our common friend Marie Cosgrove yes. created and launched another incredible person. And I saw this people, I saw him like, did, I think you stood on your son on a bed of nails or something. Was there like something crazy like that happened? Did I remember that correctly? Yes. Yeah. Uh, actually yeah. sandwiched in between two beds of nails. Then we put a bunch of weight on top of right. them. Right. Yeah. Because this yeah. is how I watched that. I watched it like, <laughs> <laughs> like sort of not really. I wanted to, but I didn't want, like, I didn't know if my brain could pry. And I'm a mom. Right. And I'm like, what's he doing to his baby? Like I, it was just, it just, it sent off all these things in my, in my head. I think men and women watch that stuff differently, uh, but fascinating really. And to think that that, like we're like I was saying, anyway, like that's that was just the beginning of your path. A lot of people would get to these points, five world records. That's no joke. I'm making light of it now, but that is no joke. Five five world records that still stand. So yeah. there's so many people that would just say, Well, for real, sit back now. You've achieved more than so many people may achieve in a lifetime. What keeps you driving forward to just want to just say, okay, I did that. Now I'm going to go achieve these other amazing things. Uh, you know, I'll tell you a couple of things, three, three quick points. Right. And, and it started with my father, a word that he told me one time, he said, son, if you don't spend your life on something that will live longer than you, then you will have wasted your time. <sighs> so he preached and preached not in a, you know, religious sense, but just in a passionate sense, he preached to us incessantly that, you know, you got to be chasing after something that's bigger than your lifetime, bigger than your lifespan. Um, and so because of that, then I've always had this mantra, I guess, uh, one of many that I, I subscribe to, 
uh, and and it's it happened uh, I don't know twenty something years ago when somebody in a in a church setting came up to me and and gave me what we would call a word, right, uh, an exhortation. They said, "Listen, everything in your life before now and up to now, everything in your life up to now has been for now." Okay, well I get that, and then you know ten years after that. Um, somebody else in a completely unrelated situation came up and said the same thing to me verbatim. And so I, but, and I was a little cynical at first. I said, you know, you're late to the party, bud. Somebody told me that 10 years ago. Then it, uh, it dawned on me. I had one of those aha moments, an awakening moment. And, and what it was is at any point in your life, that saying should be true. You will be able to say that at any point in your life. Yeah. Every, everything up to now has been for now. So in other words, there's never going to be a time and a place where, you know, the, the, the chap, the book of my life, the big, long saga of many, many chapters is done. You know, there's always another chapter and everything, nothing is meant to be the ceiling and meant to be, you know, the accomplishment that you sit back and go, yeah, relax. And I, I've done it all. Everything I think this is my way of thinking and opinion. Everything sets you up for what's next. Yeah, I totally believe that. It's hard to believe sometimes. Yeah. We think that whatever moment you're in is just setting you up to destroy your life. But really, it's setting you up to channel your life or give you the choice to channel it. And maybe it does destroy it for a little while, but sometimes it can. Some of us need a little more destruction than others. I, th- I was one of those people. It sounds weird. I was one of those people. You know, everyone says you got to hit rock bottom. Rock bottom wasn't good enough for me. I was just getting started at rock bottom. I needed to learn a few more lessons the harder yeah. way. And I just kept plummeting. And I think, I mean, it's a simplistic way of looking at it, but I think that's the purpose of it sometimes, or yeah. that's a purpose to be found in it. It's just going to keep going. It's not going to change until you figure out that you need it to change. You want it to change and you're going to start applying those lessons to it. And that's where yeah. you're doing so much work, for instance, in, in prisons for that. These are people that have hit that rock bottom, punch through the other side sometimes, maybe from circumstances out of their control, maybe not, I don't know, but they're there and they're in a really difficult situation. And they may, I'm imagining they may be sitting in that prison thinking some of them anyway, this is it for me. This is my life. What's the point and all these things. And then you come in, what, what do you speak to? Is that right? Are there some of these men who are thinking that, Oh, and what do you them, come in and a lot say of them. to and, them? And certainly that's, it, you know, and it's not, uh, ironically, it's uh, prisons and that kind of thing are not the bulk of what we do, but they're, you know, prisons come in many different forms. And um, I know a lot of men, a lot of men, I work with a lot of men that are imprisoned, you know, in their own past experiences and limitations and what have you. So, um, but it, it is true that, the idea of just, you know, purpose and significance is an elusive concept to the average man, you know? Um, and I always say, look, I made the statement earlier, everything in your life is basically meant to set you up for what's next. And until I'm dead, there is always going to be a what's next. And so, um, you know, like these guys that are just confined to a cell. Well, what's the purpose in that? What what possibly could you gain by motivating somebody there? Well, they 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 all have a downline. They write letters. Everybody's got somebody. 
And, you know, you can change a life with a pen and paper from a jail cell for that matter. So yeah. I don't, I don't think anybody is ever in a situation where, um, you know, it's, it's just over and it's time to put the pen away and, and, and give up. I say, I say this a lot. I say, you know, every one of us, our lives are this big saga of many, many, many chapters, this big, long story. I don't want anybody to judge the entirety of my life by a particular chapter they walk in on. Yeah. Not, not every chapter is about winning. Sometimes it's about rebuilding. Some chapters are about loss. Some chapters are about, you know, redefining the motivation that propels you. And it's just, you know, you just got to have the right perspective to keep moving onward and upward. Yeah, I love that. And as you're saying all these things, I'm applying it to all these chapters of my life. Man, I wish I could have had somebody just reach back a couple chapters ago you know, and, and say this to me. This is just a chapter. This is not your story because yeah. what, a, what a difference that makes in the mindset, how, how you frame it and how you reframe it. What is the the work you do? We were talking about before we started recording. I want to talk about your program you have now, The Mandate. Yeah. Get into that and, and what that program is. Well, I mean, mandate is kind of the brand, you know, it's a yeah. play on words. Mandate simply refers to, you know, giving an, having been given an assignment or instruction to carry out a certain task. Um, but we, we capitalize M-A-N dash dates. So yeah. mandates is the brand. We have mandate missions where we take executives and, you know, guys uh, on, on trips down to Mexico, we make shoes for kids and, and do a, a work of service. And, you know, it's a humbling thing. And then we, we tack onto the trip, all kinds of, you know, leadership adventure stuff. Um, we do a man, a mandate camp, which is um, five days off the grid. We take your cell phones away. We cut you off from the outside world. And bold, you know, bold moves. Yeah. The idea is to uh, take you off the grid and, and dig down deep and rebuild, you know, what I call moral masculinity, moral masculinity. What's that? Yeah. Okay. So, so the idea is that, you know, what has been presented to us, and this is not, I never come from a place of, you know, blame or harshness when I talk about men being incomplete because it's not our fault. It's a script that was handed to us. It is our responsibility to change. But I think success for the most part among, and, and again, when I, I'm, I'm focused on, re, on men only because at some point you got to kind of define the specificity of your market in order to be more effective. Mm -hmm. So we work with, you know, women too, and my wife leads a women's group and all of that. Um, but I'm zeroed in on trying to rebuild men and our idea of success is essentially, you know, one or two dimensional it's, it's, and here's what, there's a hundred scenarios that describe what that looks like, but you know, it's the guy with a six pack for abs and he's got a body that looks like the Wolverine, but he's a jerk. He has no friends and he's a terrible dad, right? Yeah. Or the guy who's an awesome dad and a stellar husband, and he's going to die 20 years too soon because he's terribly unhealthy and out of shape and doesn't take care of himself. Yep. Or the guy who's a real spiritual guy, but he's going to die broke. He never has the money. You know what I'm saying? There's, it's like, and so what we've been taught is that you look at the area in your life that is the most deficient and try to, try to give attention to that. 
And, and th- so we do that, you know, we work on our family cause it's kind of falling apart and there's tension in the home. So we turn our attention to that. And just about the time we get that kind of in a smooth rhythm, our job is in jeopardy because we've missed too much work and on and on. So we, it's like whack-a-mole. I was literally just going to say <laughs> it is like whack-a-mole. Like I honestly is. just popped into my head and yeah. I was like, that's like, what guys, that's so, crazy that you just said that. I love it. <laughs> what happens is at some point, the average yeah. man just kind of, it's like, you never get the sense that I'm getting it together. I'm accomplishing it. It's, and it's, and it, at, there's a certain point, you know, mid-age, where the, everybody else would call it midlife crisis, but you reach yeah. that point where it's like, I don't remember when my life has ever been firing on all cylinders. And at some point, a guy just throws his hands up and goes, what the heck? Forget it. Yeah. You know, and it's tragic because, you know, our, anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm unwinding a lot of string that I can't <laughs> get no. it all wound back up in one interview. But, but so what happens is um, we weren't told, right? I mean, in the business world, we hear this thing all the time about success is, is uh, duplicatable and it's transferable, right? Uh, but we were never told that within the values of our life and the best way I describe it. In fact, I have a, a, the Greeks, the ancient Greeks referred to this thing called the Metron. Metron is a circle basically. And every living human being has a circle or a Metron. It's where we get the word matrix from. It's our own personal sphere or our own circle from within which we do life. And in that Metron, there are seven values. There's the spiritual, the intellectual, the emotional, family, social, fitness, and finance. And the complete life is the result of having some synergistic equal growth. Because the word complete is the same word that we get the word perfect from in terms of the Greek. It doesn't mean flawless or no room for improvement. It means that there's equal development in all the seven values that matter. And most people have never experienced what it's like to have it all. Meaning yeah. not, you're not a 10 all the way around. If you're a five all the way around, we do, an exercise, yeah, yeah. we do an exercise like this that starts men off in terms of self assessing and evaluating where they are. So you go around the, the Metron and it's like a circle with all divided into pieces of a pie, right? In the middle where all the lines cross is zero. The outer part of the line is 10. And we have them assess themselves. How are you as a, you know, a spiritual man? How are intellect? And you end up with these dots all over the place. Yeah. Then we connect the dots. At which point you're going to end up with some kind of shape. Erasing everything outside of that shape. We say this, here's the question every man needs to be prepared to answer. Will my life roll? Oh, that's a good one. I see it. See what I mean? Yeah. And so, you know, what we're, we teach guys is it's, it's not breaking them down and, and so forth. Cause most guys want this. Every guy wants to have it all. Right. Who doesn't? But, yeah. Who doesn't? But we've just don't, we don't think it's possible because we've never experienced any more than success in one or two areas of life at the most. But if you could develop a systematic way of, of living that gives equal amounts of attention and time, to all seven values simultaneously, the synergy 
that develops with growth and development in all seven values produces this exponential growth of the entirety of one's life. So that's it in a, in a nutshell. That's it in a nutshell. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a, it sounds like a great program. So ladies, sign your men up. You need a more balanced and, uh, and men, you want to bring more to yourself and to your family and to all areas of your life. Definitely check out Stephen Miller um, as well. We're going to put all the links and everything to you in the article that we'll include on our American Snippets platform yeah. when this airs on that. Look, we talk a lot here and part of what drew us to you and why, what made us want to follow up with you and all that, you know that our story is we focus on America's core values and what's important to America. And we really believe yeah. that outside of the politicians, whoever's in office beyond the politics our country, we can't rely on those in office or anyone else to make it better, or fix it for everyone. We believe you have to strengthen yourself, your family, and your community. The more communities that have strong people, strong families, and then the stronger communities equals a stronger country. That's our very basic yeah. formula. So we love that you're doing that in your own path. And that's really what we sort of break it down and see who falls into what we're doing, how does it fit but I'm curious to ask you, we, you know, we have our list of those core values of America and what, what we're doing so much work for to promote and support and strengthen. Yeah. But I'm curious, what are, what is America's core values to you? Like, what do you see as the core values of this country? Well, I mean, I would, I would, def I would define that through the, the, the paradigm of, you know, the complete man or the, the complete metron, I should say, because it, it is applicable to a woman as well. Um, I just define the roles, right. you know, in a masculine context, but, you know, I think it's, I think it's, you know, we say have it all. I think it's, it's, it's the pursuit of spirituality. It is growing and feeding yourself intellectually and um, developing emotional intelligence or self mastery in your emotions. It's being a great husband, a great father, having a healthy social circle. It's um, taking care of yourself. And it's not about waist size or your body mass index. It's about being healthy and living long and having a good financial inc acumen so that you can, you know, you can fund your own dreams. Yeah. Um, so, and I, and I think, uh, you know, I think in terms of, a moral law to help guide all of that. Um, I, I think, you know, I mean, I, we, we, we come from a, a faith inspired perspective. So, but I don't, I don't think you need to get overcomplicated even in that context. I think, you know, Christ said it best, love your neighbor, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. You Even know, if they disagree with you, probably more so. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. it's not I, it's it's as much about the benefit to you by loving people who are unlovable and treating people that are disagreeable with with some respect. You know, you get more benefit out of that than than maybe that the, the relationship will, or 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 maybe than they will. What I do think you think? We just, go yeah, ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think is something that Americans can do ourselves in our own lives and our own families and communities to be a part of bringing a sense of unity back to this country? 
you know, I, I, on a, on a, on a grand scale like that, yeah. I, I'm going to, the, the only thing, the only reason I have some, some semblance of hope for that, because if you look at our country right now, I've, I've never been more, uh, more challenged in my, my faith and my, you know, my hope and expectation about a country. We, we're in terrible, screwed up shape right now. But I do believe, going back to what you said earlier, because I believe the same thing. I believe if you can, if you can work on men and families, uh, you know, one at a time, at, at some point, then the tide can turn. And I think trying to affect our country from grassroots level down, you know, in the trenches where all of us live and all of us real people live, you know, let's, let's improve the quality of life and show what, you know, loving your neighbor and enjoying your life, being a good husband, a good father, and all these kind of things, what that looks like at the grassroots level. And at some point, you know, you can't argue with fruit, right? True. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't know that I've tried. I'm, I'm guessing you don't shorten. mean that in the literal sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure some people try. Yeah. (laughs) No, I like that. And I like what I like how you're putting all this. And I think there's a, there's a power and a, and a purpose in narrowing your niche to working with men. You know, people, I was telling people, I'm going to be interviewing you and they're like, what do you, and I'm telling them your story and what they're about. They're like, well, why are you interviewing a guy that only works with men? And I'm like, well, for the same reason, I would work with somebody who only works to cure cancer or works on this or works on that. Because if we have enough people going out and giving their gifts and applying their energy and doing things that don't directly impact, they don't have to directly impact me, but they impact the world and the community. And there's going to be enough of that. So I love it when people find, find their path and their groove and they do that. Um, the reason I, I, yeah. that my focus is is that uh, uh, one of many reasons is that um, I, I think I think it is among men in this country. Now, this is a strong statement, and unfortunately, it has the potential to alienate me from even All right. men. All right, here men. we go. What are you going to say? I'm no, bracing. I, I mean, I think <laughs> we're we're we are where most of the problems lie. And I don't mean I to mean, be overly incriminating to all men, but I just think if, if, if men, when men really get their act together, the statistics are all over the place, right? They all, for example, in the church context, right? I, I, okay. I do some consulting and talking with pastors and whatever. And they say this, they say, if a teenager, you know, becomes a Christian first, there's a 17% chance that the whole family will follow. If mom becomes a Christian first, then there's it jumps to like a 29% chance. But if dad becomes a Christian, there's a 96% chance the whole family follows in line. And yet okay. churches don't go after men because they don't know how to reach men. Right? All right, so that's are we, interesting. Why are, are we you, not going after that guy? Are you talking then Christianity? Are you talking about churches? Like organized, structured religion? Is that what you're talking about? Um, not even so much the organizational part of it. I'm just talking about, you know, the philosophical part of it. If you get dad to buy into being, you know, I would define 
what we do more along the lines of just being an authentic follower of Christ and what Christ stood for. Yeah. If, if you get a man to, to line his life up with that, that it, his whole world starts being pulled into that and it's a bit, and it's better for it. I can see that. I'm, I'm asking, cause I haven't heard it put that way before. And I'm asking from my perspective which is where we all come from our own perspectives. I was raised in a very solid Catholic family, eight years of Catholic school. I went to, and my, my siblings went to high school. We switched to public school, but I think with the extent, and I have six siblings and almost none of us go to church anymore. Almost none of us do that. I, I stepped away from the church. And for me, when I stepped away from the church, I found my faith because for me, church was polluting my faith. And because of my own experiences that were were very specific, but I know a lot of other people who feel the same way, who feel like that church is distorting faith. It just got political. And we, I mean, I had like the headline stuff. My priest, my pastor was arrested for a pedophilia ring, all that stuff. So, you know, it was my own experiences were, were extreme and the experiences I had with my kids as well. So that's really separated me from the church. But I found when I separated from the church, I was free to explore and celebrate my faith and dig into my faith without somebody yeah. telling me how I should be doing I, I that. So that's why I asked you. I don't knock that because I think that is that is a true case um, more often than not. Yeah. Do you see that with the men you work with? I do. In fact, you know, I, 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 a lot of the men we work with are not guys that have never heard of, you know, morality or, or, or anything like that. It's, you know, they, they tried it in a particular path. And unfortunately in this country, when you talk about the church or Christianity, we talk about it as though it's one identifiable entity over there on the corner, two blocks away. And it's such a vast, diverse, you know, matrix, if you will. Um, with so many streams and thoughts and philosophical approaches and ideas, and often they're just so diametrically opposed to one another. You think, how can that be under the same banner? Makes no sense. Yeah. So my our goal is not at all to get, um, you know, to, to get guys to connect to a particular church or anything like that. My goal is to get guys to just pursue a pursue healthy spirituality. Simple. So when, if somebody comes into your group into and says, I would like to work with you, I would like to attend one of these events, but I don't believe in God. What's come on. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. So I usually throw something in there after they, I say, I say, come on, but just know this. He certainly believes in you. <laughs> you have like such a nice demeanor. It's hard for me sometimes to look at you and, and even just imagine you in an MMA ring beating the snot out of someone like and getting kicked out of these tournaments for going too far and, and all this. I know that was in a different chapter, right? As you say. So it's hard to even believe that that chapter existed when I'm speaking to you now and to the past. I'm really like digging in. I'm like trying to picture it. I just don't see, I don't see it. But then I flash back to your son on the bed of nails. I'm like, Oh, that's in there somewhere. So you got these side, you got these sides, sides, sir, that are super interesting and very diverse. You know, well rounded. What do you say to to somebody listening now? Who you know, as you said, we are in kind of troubled times in this country, and I know people will yeah. argue that America is still strong, America is still great. Yes, it is, but we're struggling, and 
yeah. we need to be better. There's a lot that our country needs to improve. There's a lot that we as people need to improve. I'm working on it. What are some things that you would like to see the impact of your events and the work that you do? How would you like to see that ripple out across the country? Oh, my goodness. Um, it's a couple of things, you know, right off the bat. Um, the, the idea, we do this thing called, you know, come back to the table. And um, it has to do with the, the statistics, for example, um, that pertain to families who sit at the table together for dinner. Um, are far less. I mean, I don't. I don't have them the memorized. Stats. Yeah, yeah. The, the stats are. They're just off the charts. It's that you know, the potential for crime are significantly lower. The potential to succeed are potentially higher. All that kind of stuff. It, the stats paint a very clear, precise picture that life is no doubt going to be better for everybody in the family, to the family who spends time together regularly sitting at the table. Um, you know, where we talk, we talk ideas and how our day went. And sometimes there's opposing views and it's okay because you're my brother, you're my mother, you're my dad. We love each other. Nobody's getting kicked out of the house because we have a different opinion. And, and so we do this whole thing about the table. And I would love to see that take on a broader sense. We're in a day right now where you can't have a disagreeing opinion or you get canceled. Yeah. And we're, we're all to some degree, some worse than others, but we're all kind of doing that. And, and at some point it's like, man, we need to sit at this big table and we need to just talk some things out. Yeah, I hear you. And it is hard. And we're certainly, Dave and I have felt that we've had people literally just walk out of our lives because of what we're doing. It started with- yeah, Over a post. Over a post. And <laughs> it started crazy. with the fact First, people started attacking the patriotic element. They started telling us that we're racist, hiding behind patriotism. And that's where we really perked up and started to pay attention to what's happening in yeah. this country and speak up yeah. about it. So I've had people come to me and uh, a lot and say, I'd love to speak up more about something. I'd love to be a voice. I'd love to do it, but I'm afraid. I'm afraid I'm going to lose my friends, my job, my family. And this wouldn't, I'm not even attaching in this instance, this example I'm giving, I'm not attaching one side's viewpoints to another. I'm saying if, yeah. if anybody had this feeling that they were gonna be alienated from their family, from their friends, from the job, based on their thoughts on, on current events or, or whatever, and they're afraid to speak up, but it's really bothering them, worry about, what would you say to them if it's really tormenting them that they can't speak up and they, they want to? I, I would say they need to, to, to shrink the circle Right. Because what a lot of us want to do and when we feel compelled to speak our truth and the way we our perspective and so forth is we want to do it on a large scale so we can affect and change other people. And they're, they're right about that at this point, that that is a huge legitimate risk. Because you can you can offer your opinion in the wrong setting and lose your career, you know, lose your home, your family fall apart. I mean, it's it just it's it's mind boggling. But at this point, my job is not to change the world. My job is not even to change America. My job is to change the people that are in my Metron. The people and that's, that, your, that's your ripple effect right there. Yeah. And, if, if, yeah. and at some point, you know, if we create this community of people that it's like, 
you look at them from a distance and go, holy cow, every one of these guys over here, man, they love their wives like she's their queen. They're great dads. They get paid what they're worth and not just what they've settled for. Look at him. He's 50 years old. He looks like he could still play, you know, tackle football. I mean, on the complete man. Then I think that people start asking questions and it's a lot easier to have a conversation if somebody comes to me and says, hey, what about this? Than me going and trying to disrupt somebody's activity to tell them there's a better way. Yes. Uh, I love that. That's so live a life and then, and and as well, build a community of people that just our life and the fruit of our life is provocative. People want to know they're going to come ask me questions and I got answers. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I bet you do. I bet you do, but that's good. And I really love that, that you're not, you know, cramming it down people's throats. You know, if I'm, well, I've, guess I have been putting it out there, but that's because I've been challenged on them. Right. So what would you say to somebody who says, you know, Steve, I'd really, your program looks really great. I would love to be a part of it. My husband loves to be part of it, my brother or whatever, but we can't afford it. You know? So why does everything have to be so expensive? Why aren't you doing this for free? Why should I have to pay for this? Well, the, our, at our company, which is, you know, legacy three, six, five, which by the way is the website, legacy365.org. Um, you know, I mean, everything has a, there, you go into the grocery store, nothing is free, nothing anywhere. However, it's also our, our you know, protocol. I don't ever want money to be the reason why somebody can't participate in what it is we're trying to do. And so if I have people that come to me and say, man, I want to come to a camp, I want to do this, um, but I, I just, I have, I can't, I can't afford it. My first answer is just, come on, we'll get it taken care of. We'll find some way. Because I, did I have, not expect that answer. I'm going to yeah. be real. <laughs> I, I mean, I have people that, that, yeah. that, that, you know, have been through it themselves and go, you know what? And they're well to do. And they go, everybody should go through this. Um, you know, just so we're, we're long story short, we're developing the scholarship fund that's specifically to compensate in the events that we're doing for people that cannot afford to come. Um, you know, that's great. Same time, you know, part of one of the, that, that attitude, I can't afford it. Right. It's one of those things that will be weeded out of you at, by the end of our program. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So they're free to pay retroactively. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just saying. You can afford anything that really matters just as though you have time to do anything that matters. Yeah. I mean, I, it is something that I hear a lot from a lot of people like, you know, I can't afford, I can't afford to do this. And so they give up. They just think if there's, if an event is 3000 or 5,000 or coaching, whatever, whatever that is, I can't afford it. I can't afford this $10,000 to go to the event. Maybe at this moment in time, they really can't, but I feel like we're going to work up to it and go next year and set a goal and, and and do all that instead of just giving up and saying, well, I can't go. So that's the end of that in my mind. So I'm always curious to see what, you know, what people are going to say before we run out of time, let's talk about the latest book you have out because you have several books out, but let's talk about the Adulam experience. The Adulam experience is the setting of that. Thus the title of the book is the ancient King David of Israel, right, finds himself in a predicament after he's already been anointed, as they say, and and presented as the next king. He has had parades thrown in his honor. They've written songs about him. 
And then he's now hiding in a cave. It's called the cave of Adullam, and he's fearing for his life. Nothing's working. He shouldn't be there. I mean, for heaven's sakes, he's already, you know, he's already been a history maker. And now he's intimidated, fearful, and he's broken. And 400 men that are described as being in debt, disheartened, where we, and the word used, we, we would today get, you know, the description of clinically depressed is where we'd get it from. Everybody, that, the guys that were broke, depressed, and had lost all hope gathered in the cave. Okay, so we don't know everything exactly that happened in that cave. But if you look back in historical writings, there's this group of fierce, heroic guys referred to as David's mighty men. Not just in scripture and the Bible, but in historical writings, these are the most fierce and heroic warriors the world has ever known. It's those same guys. 400 broken, beat up, lost guys go to David in the cave. And whatever happened in that cave, when they came out of the cave, they were unstoppable, fierce, and heroic, mighty, mighty men. So the book talks about, you know, the processes that that would no doubt have contributed to that kind of transformation. That's cool. That's cool. So I'm going to say anybody now that's listening when this airs on American Snippets and um, or listening live to the episode, if you want to go over to American Snippets and leave a review, subscribe, take a screenshot, send it to me, let me know you did it. Um, I'll send, I'll buy a copy of Steven's book and mail it out to the first five people who do that. And let me know that you do it. Yeah, so awesome. that would be cool. Cause I want to spread this too. That's part of what we're doing is so we don't want people to just listen to it and like it. We want people to take the next step and get involved and take action and follow up with our guests because you're all here for a reason. And I feel like if somebody's listening to this interview, watching this interview right now at this minute, there's a reason that they're sitting there, their life led them to, to be right there right now, listening to it. So why not follow up on that? Especially if something that, that you have heard strikes you take, do it now. Follow up on it now, right? Follow it and go to Steve. Absolutely. Or you could just go directly to Steven's website. Say it again, which your website where they can find all things about you. Legacy365.org. Legacy365. And you're on Instagram too, Stephen Miller expi inspires. Inspired, <laughs> expires. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, not yet. Sorry. Not yet. Not yet. I got <laughs> more chapters. You got more chapters. <laughs> That's the wrong site. Sorry. So Stephen Miller inspires. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us again, sir. It was my pleasure. And uh, anything I can do to help what you guys are doing, just it's a phone call away. Oh, we're bringing you. Stay tuned, everyone, for our Great American <laughs> Summit coming to Texas in January. We're going to have more news and maybe we'll there just have go. Stephen be a part of this. So we'll see. Time will tell. Thank you so much again. Yeah. All right. Thank you. All right, everyone, there you have it. That wraps up another episode of American Snippets. Thank you so much for tuning in today and spending a little bit of your time with us here on the show. I'd like to personally thank Stephen Miller for being here again and sharing his story, his wisdom, his insight, uh, and uh, telling us about his new book. If you will learn more about Stephen Miller, make sure you check out the show notes. Uh, go to americansnippets.com forward slash newsletter. It's the featured episode of the week. While you're there, make sure you check out Monday Rewind as well. Uh, and uh, again, we'll include some links there for you to uh, follow Stephen on social media 
and a link to his website too. So go to americansippets.com forward slash newsletter. If you got value out of this episode, all that we ask each and every week is that you share this podcast with a friend, share one of your favorite episodes on social, and of course, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. We would really appreciate it. Now go out there and show the world how exceptional you really are. (music) 